Hey guys, it's Dave Chang here. Uh, we're at the green room here at Major Domo Media Studios down at the Row in downtown Los Angeles. And just a fair warning, we tried to do something that was a fair bit experimental for us. We tried to record a podcast live in our kitchen when, number one, we aren't fully set up. Our soundproofing is not exactly where it needs to be. In fact, doesn't quite exist at all. But I wanted to show you guys where we're at and make mistakes along the way as we build this whole venture out. Um, one of the things that's happened with podcasts and sort of YouTube and how people consume content in general, people will watch it on video now. And one of the things that we've always had an issue with is we don't react to things like in sports or most of the things in culture. For the most part, I'd say it's like 75% food and 25% cultural stuff. But what we've been missing is a visual element to be able to converse, to be able to react to something that's happening, to talk about mundane things, the things in cooking and just daily life that normally get edited out. So we wanted to go ahead and see if we could try this. Um, oftentimes, you'll find that Chris and I are talking about something that may not make any sense to you because you don't have a visual element. And that's on us. Fully apologize for that um, because we're trying to make this podcast live in the kitchen. Uh, Want to have it where we're set up, where we're talking, and we're interacting with food and things uh, simultaneously having guests, etc. So this was a, a test for us. Uh, we wanted you to see that. And, um, you know, don't worry. All your critiques and criticisms are, are, are going to be heard. But we just wanted to give you fair warning that today is a very experimental episode. But it gives you a sense of where we're going to take uh, the podcast and a lot of the content that we're going to be making moving forward here at The Row. So... While not perfect, I'm excited about the possibilities and uh, hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Um, we're doing something that we weren't supposed to do for, I don't know, a couple more months. We still don't have things soundproofed. We don't have carpeting. Um, there's a lot of things we're still missing. Mm -hmm. In fact... Everyone on Major Dome Media was vehemently against this idea that we're trying out right now. And I hope to be proved right by the end of this <laughs> podcast. No, the ringer happens, to, the studio happens to be closed. 
we're ahead of schedule here. Where are we though? You haven't told anybody where we are. Um, where are I mean, we're at the row downtown Los Angeles, a uh, wonderful place that is our new home. But in our kitchen studio, yeah, uh, nobody's I mean, seen that's it. That's a given. <laughs> nobody's seen it. I mean, people have seen it. Mm. Clips. But we're at the Major Domo studio. Uh, this is studio one. Studio two is in the back. Um, we've been working on this for a while. We still don't have things set up. This is still, I mean, as you can see, there's a giant LG uh, washer dryer right over there. Um, we don't have things, but we just wanted to document this process as we sort it out, as we figure it out, as we get to the, the goals that we want to go to. You know, right now all the drawers are like just a mess. Nothing's organized. But this is going to be our home. We have offices here upstairs, but we've been working towards this goal to actually create all of our podcasts here, to film a variety of content, to have this sort of be our creative epicenter, and most importantly, to be able to provide visual elements. And I think we've been doing the podcast for a while on The Ringer, and we don't get the opportunity to react to things um, mm. like Bill and Ryan Rosillo. Uh, occasionally we get to, but it, it's not that it's easy. It's far from it. But to be able to talk about a game that happened, talk about the NBA draft that happened, um, we've always sort of pined for something like that. Yeah. And now that Spotify has video capabilities. So if you're hearing this on Apple, fantastic. But if you want to watch this, you can watch this on Spotify. And all of this will be on our major domo media platforms, whether it be YouTube or uh, majordomo.tv. All of these things are subject to change. But the goal is how do we have a place that people can hang, we can have fun conversation, and we can cook. Mm. We won't cook all the time, but also we can cook simultaneously over there. Somebody could be filming something that would be, you know, how-to video or or Chris making a Twinkie for the first time. I, I don't know, but um, we're turning this into a variety of things. It's going to be a flexible space. Um, we're going to talk about a TV show that we're working on that's based out of here. That's, you know, doesn't really have a title. Doesn't mm -hmm. have any guests quite yet, but it is probably the one that's going to be coming the, the, the soonest. Yeah. Um, and I think this brings a completely different element. I'm more comfortable here cooking. And I think not having the visual element has always prevented us from doing anything like this. Right. Well, because like the, the major hurdle for food television has always been, oh, you can see it, but you can't taste it. So the hurdle for food audio has been, I can't even see it. <laughs> right. And, you know... We're still figuring out. This is not very, not really close at all to um, opening a restaurant, um, but it is to some degree. It's not the same in the way you're setting up your the kitchen, but in terms of the million things that you're trying to get going, the working on a, a tight budget, we're just trying to maximizing everything. It is like opening a restaurant in that way, building a team and culture. Yeah, you know. But I mean, to your point of flexibility. Like, to, let's just like peek behind the kimono. 
Gabby, you know, and Ira, who are behind the camera right now, basically have no had no idea what we were talking about doing today. No. So like flexibility in that sense is let's just try something today. And if it sucks, we'll throw it away. Yeah. But we couldn't do that. Like Spotify is so accommodating and everything, but you don't want to go into Spotify studio and say, hey, can we get in two hours of your time and studio and equipment? And by the way, we might just throw it away. <laughs> like, uh, you know, doing that here makes all the sense. What do you got? Something that's not going to work out that well. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But uh, I was trying to, I've been making a lot of burgers. And um, this was some leftover dough that I tried to reproof. It smells like beer, way overproofed. Um, So when we potentially have a, a Chris Bianco coming in today, they sure. may or may not even know that they'll be part of a podcast because it was a, uh, hey, let's just uh, talk. And I, my idea, and I feel like this is like candid camera. I was like, surprise, it's a fucking podcast. <laughs> this is like basically what you, you've done this a couple of times now. Basically, you created a Venus flytrap where you invite people here. They're like, oh, what's that sweet nectar of a meeting? And then you say, oh, surprise, you're, you're in a show now. It's basically what you've done to people. I can't. I can't serve this to a great baker, chef. That's Chris Bianco. So you've been messing around with a lot of burgers because the other thing about the studio that is... And I, I fucked up because I have plastic wrap over it. And this is the problem. This is the shit you see in restaurants. Do it the right way first so you don't have to screw it up later. I knew that I should have put a damp towel or no towel at all because I didn't need the plastic grip. I knew it. But I just said, well, it'll work. <laughs> and all that happened is the plastic wrap, I could have oiled it. I could have done a lot of things. All it did was tear it apart. So now it looks deformed. So Rose stuck to the plastic wrap. And you, and his, let me, let's take a peek inside of Dave's brain right now. Can I salvage this? No. Or does it go away? No, you can't salvage this. And more importantly, I can't serve this. So this was, is what is called family meal, familia <laughs> meal. Well, what I was going to say is the other thing about flexibility about this studio is like you keep on talking about the burger tepan on the show, and you know credit to you, this is what your this is your specialty. Why are we talking about it theoretically? Why don't I just start trying it here in the studio? So you've been we've been eating a lot of burgers. Yeah, well, unfortunately, this is burning now. The oil. Not having a fryer. So like, these are some of the things that professional kitchens are much better. And you might have a fryer that recirculates, that strains out a lot of the debris to do multiple batches, which this oil has been, because you want to recycle it, is not easy to do because now I have to strain it all the time. But a lot yeah. of the particles are so fine, though. I've already strained this. You helped me strain this. That was a, a dodgy proposition. Um, and you want to reuse the oil as much as possible. And now here's something very similar to what happened with the bread. If I fry something in here, more than likely, it's going to taste burnt and bitter. Yeah, so can you describe, I mean, for our, our audience here, like, we strained this through, like, a pretty fine mesh strainer. Yeah. But, and, like, if you looked at it, if you just looked at that oil, it looked clear, yeah. more or less. More or less. But to your point, if you're frying something at home and you're straining the oil, there's going to be little fine particulates that are just going to burn. Correct. So if you're like, why does my clean oil taste burnt? 
it's because you actually didn't, you couldn't strain everything out. Correct. But so in a commercial fryer, the idea is there is a filter in the machine and it circulates through and clears it or do you just A lot of it? times, or you're constantly straining it out. But for whatever reason, um, this oil, I don't remember what was used last time, has particulates in it that um, looks like an oil spill. So I need your help here and yeah. it's gonna be dodgy. Once again, Oh, okay. dodgy, dodgy man to the rescue. So hold on, they can't see this, but. Yeah, they can. <laughs> I mean, if they can't, like, oh my God. We are, this is double difficult compared to last time. It's not really working. It's catching a little bit. We need more power. Well, let's just, can you, you wanna just leave that? We can, we can do it. <laughs> so right here, it's this like, is where it's like Top Gun Maverick. This, okay, you know what, this is, you know what's This is Top Gun Maverick. Listen, you're telling me that we can't do that? <laughs> well, let me, let me let's put this in relatable terms too. You open a bottle of wine and the last dregs have just like all of the particulate matter. And you're like, but I wanna drink that. Do I drink it or do listen, I pour it out? Listen, I think. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Life is a game of risk. There's so much more already still, it got through. Son of a bitch. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You win, you win, you win. Put it back in there. It's not gonna work. Um, Horrible idea. <laughs> we just, run away, run away, let me run this away. By the way, okay, the logic was the one fine mesh strainer wasn't fine enough to catch all the particles. So let's place another one on top of it but they were the same gauge fineness. <laughs> like, what, what, what? Like our logic was the fine mesh strainer wasn't fine enough. So well, let's just put another one of the well, same listen, gauge on top. It, what I was thinking was if you have, if the, the sure. mesh is like this, right? And then by putting the other one like this, it makes the holes. Yes, in the, in the, if I had pressed them together firmly, probably my fault. I, was not gonna, okay. It was a good idea, all right? But now it's much less. There's much less burnt sludge in there. Agree that some sludge has exited the oil. Again, it's for you guys. For a paying customer, don't know. <laughs> God damn it, I'm so pissed. This is where I get OCD. I'm not OCD outside of life, outside of the kitchen. Yeah. Right now, this is all that I'm fucking thinking about. I'm like, oh, fuck. I mean, that's, that's, I can see why that's hard for you to take. It's just out of reach. You have almost clean fryer oil, but it's not going to get any cleaner. This is probably. Unless you have cheesecloth. No. Coffee filter? No, because you can't do that hot. Anyway, good example. So much ado about nothing, and I think useful. I think so too. Which is one of the reasons why I don't like frying at home. Um, because if this was at home, I would have used like 90% less oil. Wait. You know, <laughs> now that I'm not at home, I'm going to be like, well, I can actually put like four inches of oil. Wait, 100%, right? Because like the only kind of frying at home is shallow frying. Ain't nothing deep about yeah. frying at home. But you wanted a, you wanted a full s submersion here. It's been a while since I fried anything. 
But what are you up to? You're, so you've been, not only have you been working your burger game, you've been working the fries and onion rings game. Um, not bit. only that, I I used to make palm souffles like every day. Hmm. Every day. Hmm. For a long time. You can forget how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> if you do you know what I mean? Like, I literally, literally made a great onion ring recipe yesterday and I can't remember what the fuck I put in it. It was a good onion ring. It was a good onion ring, but I literally was like, did I put egg in it? So it's a combination of getting older, killing a lot of brain cells, and just sheer stupidity. But this is a good example of, you know, if you don't practice something all the time, you're not going to do it. I haven't made pomme souffle since 2008. Let me, let me, let me ask and you. Pomme, pomme souffle is using, so there's water in all vegetables, and if you slice a potato properly and you fry it two times, the water will steam out and steam will push. Like a, like heating a piece of pita bread and watching yes, it exactly. separate. It's pocket, it, it's a potato pita. pocket. Pita. <laughs> pita potato. Action. Right. So the steam trapped is, is going to force the potato to basically swell into a balloon. Yeah, I can't remember where I was somewhere in France and I was having like a sandwich and I had hot pomme soufflés and I was just like, there is a company that makes uh, pomme souffles, mm. um, like chips, and you can just fr uh, fry them, but I've never used them. So I tried tried to make a pomme souffle today. I promise you it's not going to work out. <laughs> what I it? can't remember. So, But with the, the process, you don't remember any, but you blanched them in Something water. Something about the process. If I looked at a recipe, if I followed it religiously, you know, if I saw it, meticulously yeah. even online yeah i could do it again but i'm trying to do it you're, from memory you're trying or to tap into intuition. the sense memory of doing it i'm trying to tap into the force that is all around us <laughs> but really like i am like i'm trying to tap into what it, to do it all over again and i really can't remember i can't remember the thickness mm -hmm. i know it's somewhere there but there's an exact thickness i can't remember the starch content of the potato that i like i mm -hmm. can't remember these things so but you like to, but, but the, the bigger point here is I've noticed of you, this is, this is always your obsession is to not, I mean, not just like eschewing recipes for the sake of eschewing them or to be, you know, a badass. I think you're, you're basically saying like, if I use that, it's the, it's the Google Maps thing all over again. If I start using that crutch, I'll never be able to not only tap back into it, but build a new sense memory around it. Mm. When you find your way to Palm Souffle again, It'll be ingrained. And then I'll be bored and, and I'll... But it'll be ingrained again. It'll be a neural pathway you have again. You know, but to be honest, I never even talked to my shrink about any of this stuff. Why I like to, to fuck with things that are proven to already be accepted truth. I think part of it is my belief that there's another way, mm -hmm. right? There's another way that challenges orthodoxy and the, the customary held beliefs that this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. We talk about a lot of foods that have been invented over the past hundred plus years because someone was like, well, I'm going to fucking do it this way. There's a story of like, uh, you know, I think it was Jose or the early team at El Bulli, the one of the most important restaurants of the world. They would just like throw watermelons and mayonnaise and all this other shit in the fryer. They knew what was going to happen. It was going to Explode. be an explosion. Right. But they did it anyway because it's the process of doing something and getting data yourself and then moving forward from that. The problem is if you don't 
document it religiously, and that is my weakness. Well, that's what I, I then you you forget. Well, I had two questions. One, and also I stopped cooking on the line a long time ago. Well, like one one question: Were you take out take out all of the sort of bluster out of this? Were you actually bad at math as a kid? Oh yeah, like actually bad. You did, like didn't enjoy doing. I that. was in math cityscape in college because I had to get that as a requirement what is to math graduate. Cityscape? Analyzing urban data, math 102, not 101. Those are the real dum-dums. I was just the sort of a dumb well, I just because as I hear you talk about this, like what the process you're talking about is so much like the approach to math. Like I can get to the answer, but I have to have the proof. And there's 64 different ways I could get to the answer. And half of like discovery in Where math were is, you like, to be my defendant to be my counsel with all my fucking math teachers. Well, I, but the reason why I asked was like, I feel like maybe you were just bad at math, not because you were actually bad, but that no, you just weren't. I'm, I'm pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. So then the other question I have for you is, when you were in a professional kitchen, did you run into this problem of, I don't remember how I did it yesterday? Because you no, didn't the, document the, the thing is like, you don't have the time. You know, like if you're a cook at a professional kitchen or just any kind of establishment that sells food, there's no time to, well, I'm going to do it this way. Your job is to do it exactly the way someone told you how to do it. But when you were, okay, but when you became a chef and you needed to communicate to other people how something was done, did you become meticulous about record keeping and recipe and ratio yes. and stuff? Yes. Um, and it really is a Achilles heel of mine to just not write anything down. Right. Um, that's why it's always helpful to have other people write something down. But... Um, the reason I can't do it, and I've tried, is if I have to stop and recollect my thoughts and figure out what the hell I'm doing, then I lose my ability to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have to sort of be in this fugue state yeah. of total, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's uncommon, but I think that you have an especially acute case of this. I can't. If I have to be there, and if I have to stop, I can do it, but if I have to really stop and to be meticulous, like I'm doing this step, this step, this step, this step, it's like, oh, I was about to say something. It's like when you're talking to somebody and it's you know a detailed story, and then you go off tangent and you're like, hey, yeah, you know, but that led me to talk about right. this. Or I interrupt you and be like, wait, what color was the color again? And then you're like, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about anymore. It's very similar, but I do not have the ability to return to the original point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like, but to the point of today of just like, God, what was in there? It's like the most frustrating thing is losing track and then also not remembering what you had done. I mean, we have a photo of the onion ring, I'm sure, but the reason why I was thinking I put an egg in it is because it felt so dense but light and I was like, I don't, I, did I put an egg? Ah, I don't know. Maybe I did. I literally have no idea. But there's like, there's no world in which you're just going to get back to the answer on this thing. Just like. I, I can tell you certain things that have happened that I love. Why? Like just working though. So I'm trying to make onion rings, right? Because one of my goals is when we start hosting some, it's not really a dinner, but something that we're going to film, it's really trying to expand on this burger teppanyaki thing. So right now I'm trying to calculate if I serve onion rings, and one of the things I, I, I want to do as an onion ring, and besides finding the best recipe for me, because there's a ton of recipes, which is why I don't like looking at recipes to start. I want to develop my point of view and then 
see how to improve it. So I took a white onion and a red onion and I clearly took the center cuts and I'm like, oh, I can be actually pretty uh, careless with the cutting of my onions. Careless with the cuts in what way? The careless is like, I'm not gonna cut this, but I cut that, I cut that, I peel it off. But now it's like, I don't need that top half. All I need are the two center juicy bits right here, the soigne bits here and here, right? Mm -hmm, from the center of the, so the equator. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, the reason why I'm, this is much ado about nothing, the tops, you know, the north and south poles of the onion, I can now use for hamburgers. Ah. And it's these little victories where I'm like, that actually made my day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. What may seem ridiculous of me, like just almost being careless with the onion, I can be because it's gonna be used somewhere else. Cause now I don't have to get an onion, another onion is chomp. I see. Because grilled onions and hamburgers are delicious. And more than that, you don't have, like uh, <laughs> you have consistently good onion rings Whereas you don't have like some that are shitty from the from the north and south pole and some that are better from the center. Correct. You don't have you only have soigne onion rings. Correct. Correct. Without wasting the onion. So when you started pursuing, can we talk about onion rings for a second? Yeah. I know you like both kinds, the breaded and the battered, but you never thought to pursue the batter or the the, the, the breaded, breaded ones. Yeah. Because that doesn't exist in the universe. <laughs> I'm a like people are flat earthers or anti-vaxxers. I do not wait, believe. Wait, wait. I thought you were. I, thought I do you not believe both. breaded onion rings exist. You, you hate the bread. Well, here's another thing. Maybe I did like it, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have like some, the truth is like, and I can't hold you accountable because I don't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I thought you liked both kinds because I'm anti-breaded onion ring. You know what's hilarious is, it looks like I'm making focaccia in there. <laughs> <laughs> With your buns? The furthest thing from a fucking potato bun I wanted. <laughs> Uh, potato buns, had you messed around with before? No, potato I've never breads. made a bun in my life. Yeah. Um, I've never made a bun. I did it with potato flour that was from Recipe Club. Mm -hmm. I just made it mm -hmm. from I. No measurements. <laughs> no machines. I like working doughs with my hands because I like to feel it. Yeah. I think that's, those are stems from the days when I used to make soba. Um, and the first batch came out pretty fucking good. It was pretty good. Really I good. believe your. I believe what you said was, "Huh? Who? After all the shit I've talked, who would have thought homemade bread is better than yeah. not homemade?" Because it was so good with the hamburger. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, wow, I'm a, such a dumbass." Uh, Hot, fresh. Listen, if I take out a fucking oven and I take out a fresh, yeah, hot potato bun or hamburger bun, I grind the beef. And I put and I cook it and I put it in like that. The, the little things are going to what what take that from like great to like extraordinary. And it may not even be because of the flavor. Mm -hmm. It may be more because of how you remember it that it was custom made just for me. Mm -hmm. And those are all the you know I always think about the Al Pacino, you know, game of my, inches. you know, game of inches. Right? Go go watch that right now. Terrible movie, but that's the best I could see in the whole movie. I don't remember what context I was. I was walking around the other day thinking about this though too. I do think cooking, you have to have faith in that because it's hard to it's hard to believe in those tiny inches in cooking. Just like when Al Pacino is talking to the football players, it's like, yeah, it is. It's hard to it's hard to see those inches mean something. Could I find a recipe and make it 
from there and do it from per, by the gram. Yeah. But I'm not going to learn anything. Right. I mean, I need to have some beginning knowledge of making bread, of sort of intuitive hydration and all these things. I do know that it needs potato in there, right? I thought I could just take some russet potatoes and then mill them, but I don't have a mill. I don't want to buy a food mill. Maybe we will get one. And these are all the things that we got to figure out what we exactly need. I'm like, oh yeah, we have all this potato flour from another recipe club nonsense thing that we had. And I was just like, all right, let's fucking just try it there. Why not? It's potatoes. It's just potato. Mm -hmm. It should work. I think I put some eggs in there. But then here's a question. I was like, I wonder if all the great potato rolls have eggs in them. Because the reason being is it prevents vegans from potentially eating it. Mm. So I was like, no, I don't know. But I, did I do it? Yes. Did I put butter in there? Yes. Did I put as much butter as I could to make a brioche? No. Because mm. I didn't want to make brioche. Um, and it's not like I'm a brioche master either. I made it like a bunch of times, but like, I didn't know what I was doing. All I know is, huh, it's bread. I, I know it's a little bit sweeter because if you have potato bread, it's a little sweet. So I added more, a little more sugar. I just put some stuff together and it worked out pretty good. I, I needed to proof it. The first day didn't work out so well. And then I, took out the second batch on the second day. And I was like, oh, I got to proof it better. So my second batch was already better than my first batch. The third batch that I'm trying right now, fucking disaster. It's like, can't even, I'm, it's embarrassing. But you're finding the extremes and you're finding the I was making it in a meeting. Like I was literally mixing the dough while we we're having a Zoom call. And I'm okay with that failure because I know what I did. I... I think I, again, this is where, once I get it dialed into where, where I sort of want to be, then I will start to meticulously dial it in to the ground, mm -hmm. you know, and then sharpen it up. Right now, it's a lump of coal, and I'm just trying to take that coal or gemstone out of the rock, and then like, right. then once I have it in a small piece, then I will start to work it towards something that is shiny and beautiful, and that's when I'll be like, okay. Now that I don't have to think about what's fucking next or what to do, then I can like write shit down. But, you know, I want to know all the things. And I, I know right now that I didn't mix it as well. Two, I didn't add enough water. Mm -hmm. Three, I overproofed it. <laughs> and, and like, that's for me to know. And if I do this three or four times a week, I'll probably get to that 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 raw gemstone in a, in like a month, mm -hmm. and I will now have knowledge that no one else knows because I fucking did it. I did it my way, and it's based on a true story of potato bun, but no one else's. No measurements, no nothing. But that's my creative process. No one else's. Right. So I mean, like, and I, I think like the the point is that let's say you iterated and iterated and iterated and worked at it for a month and then you got to your gemstone and then you started shaping it and, and getting down specifics to the grams 
And let's say at the end of the day, the recipe you produced was practically identical to a recipe that was available that somebody else had done. Right. That's great. Great. Because <laughs> you have all of the knowledge that got you to that point. It's like, it's funny. Um, if I'm watching a series on TV, I will immediately look it up online and get to the last episode and be like, oh, great. I'll still watch it. But with food, I, I force myself to, it, like, in the wilderness where I'm like, okay. Because uh, um, I, don't, I don't know and I, I don't want to know until I can get to a point. All of my friends and family think I'm a psycho because I love spoilers. Are you a spoiler person? Like, you'll read the ending of a TV show or a movie before? I'm going to find out anyway. <laughs> I get caught almost every time we watch a movie. Jamie's like, what are you doing on your phone right now? I'm just like, oh, I mean, reading the Wikipedia plot summary of this thing. The so hardest part is watching something, and now that you're, you're on TV, you, it leaves DNA evidence everywhere. That like, oh, you watched it up to this point. I'm like, <laughs> you got to rewind and then quit out of it. Uh, I'm trying to take the the teachings of Chang though and distill them into some sort of like practical application for the because like what you said was oh I can just riff on a potato bun because I have a sort of you have a strong base level of knowledge no but what if I'm just what if I'm home cooked trying to break free a little bit from the shackles would you recommend say follow the recipe well what if I said Read the recipe one time and then don't look at it again. Well, I think you have to understand how bread works to some degree. Like, if you don't know why... I mean, honestly, if you don't know what a sourdough starter does, if you don't know what yeast does, then you shouldn't be making bread without a recipe. This is, yeah, so this is a great point. I think You that, need to have some concept of food science. Well, yeah, so I was, I was saying... And like, this comes from fucking me, so it's like a basic <laughs> rudimentary understanding. No, but, like, I think that... That's hot, that's cold. No, but you're, like, downplaying, like, your, your knowledge of these things. Like, my friend, I was telling you the other day, my friend uh, texted me and was like, hey, I'm really enjoying this season of Recipe Club because it's helping me to think about the role of an ingredient in a recipe. Is your friend your mother? <laughs> Do I have any other friends? <laughs> uh, but, like, the role of an ingredient in a recipe, rather than just... Well, you put baking powder in there because it says to do that. Like, what is it doing? And can you, like, what you were saying, like, what, what, I need fat in this thing. I can get fat from anywhere, right? Yeah. I need leavening. I can get leavening from multiple different sources, right? But, like, it's understanding what each piece does, which is why I'm trying to say to you, like, how do you teach, the, like, I think you can go through your entire life just using recipes and never knowing what, like, the function of ingredient is as, like, a home cook. Yeah. Uh, you know what I just thought of? I should probably take that shitty dough that I made and just turn it into a flatbread. Fry, just uh, And turn that and have that be the wrap for the burger. Why not? And that's the thing. is like I wouldn't even... I didn't even listen to anything you just fucking yeah, said. Yeah, I noticed. Because I was literally thinking like, huh. It's just a... I could turn that into something else. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say? I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying at all. But I mean, you know, the, 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 I do like the idea of like this iterative thing. What, what is nice is like you also have people to feed your mistakes to. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So this is a, what, are you, what is it called? This is a multiversal incursion. Mm-hmm. So Recipe Club is about to incur, incur into the Dave Chang show. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to our other podcast, Recipe Club, you can also find that on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, Dave, Rachel Kong, and I are each making crab cakes from a recipe that one of our listeners has tattooed on his arm. And on the show, we all make it a different way. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why they don't cook on podcasts. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rachel drew Lux. So she's going to make her crab cakes fancy. I think I drew keto. And mm. you drew pantry only. Pantry so, only. So you're going to make crab cakes only using shelf-stable ingredients. Keto. And a keto. This is a shell stable, believe it or not. Mayonnaise. Because it's sold on a shell. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Now, do you... You store it in the fridge, though. True? Yeah, but technically... No, no, no. I mean, you store something that you open in the fridge, but I was just asking, personally, you store mayonnaise in the fridge. This is the one... This is the one drawback. I mean, you think of this as a plus for QP bottles. I think of it as a negative. It sort of sucks right now. But this is a problem that is hyper-specific, getting the last dregs of the QP out. <laughs> God, I almost burst a blood vessel. <laughs> uh, you have an approach well, can here? Can you read the recipe to me? Yeah. What I got to do? Here we go. All right, so the... Worcestershire sauce. One pound of crab meat, two pieces of Wonder Bread, one egg. On. So this is... Replacing the Wonder Bread, which we found. It's cuttlefish snack. Mm -hmm. This is also standing in for the bread component, a bag yeah, of sour yeah, cream. I'm going to add a little, it needs some alien flavor. <laughs> uh, Old Bay. I could have just used Old Bay potato chips. Fuck. Uh, are you going to, you need yellow mustard, which we also are saying is shelf stable. It is shelf stable because you buy it off the shelf. <laughs> and uh, 
Worcestershire sauce. This is also shelf stable. <laughs> and uh, you need, are you doing anything to stand in for egg or no? No. So no binding component. Just you're going to rely on the binding power of mayonnaise. A little flour? Yeah. Oh, no. Technically not even just flour. Technically onion, onion ring, onion ring batter powder. mix. Um, so if you're listening, you're like, okay, what are you doing? I am putting together some things that probably aren't going to taste very good. Right. In what's in what way? So far, so far everything looks tasty. I don't think it's something I want to eat. Oh, that's a different question. Yeah. By the way, this is my favorite can opener. And it is a Gainy. Gainji. Gainji, excuse me. I first found this in 1999 or 2000 in Japan. And it is the best can opener. Yes, there are others that might be easier, might be more aesthetically pleasing, but they will all fail you like all like friends in life. They will all fail you. This will never fail you. This is, in, this is the best friend you've ever had. You never had. It will never fail you, ever. Just this can opener is a better friend to him than me, evidently. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> even though I open his cans for him all the time. Uh, do you mess around with canned crab meat? I've never. This is the first. Yeah. First time. And I've got to be honest, I'm a little scared. What did you find? What uh, what kind of crab meat? Lump crab meat. Wild caught. Does it say what kind of? Don't don't say nothing. Wild caught. Are there farmed crab meat? Yeah, there is farmed crab. And usually it's less prevalent than farmed fish, right? I don't even know if that's true if there's farmed crab. I don't think so. That's what I was just thinking about. I just is made there, that shit up, but it sounded real. Is there farmed crab? This is like a huge gap in knowledge here. Farmed crab meat. Again, another can defeated by the Genji. Another can. Say thank you to it so it keeps being a friend. He knows what to do. <laughs> All right, let's see what this worker looks like. Wow. That does not look great, I would say. <laughs> that is disappointing. Disappointing to say the least. Uh, it's very watery. I thought it would be... So it looks like a pond, like pond scum, a little bit. I'm going to drain it. It's... Uh... Oh, it come... I've never seen this. Oh, it's got like a little piece of wax parchment paper at the bottom. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, there's more, it seems like more water in there than you would find in even like a tuna can. It's pretty aye, watery. Aye. Um, shaking it, shaking it, shaking it. Okay. Another thing I use the entity for as a mix of mixing bowls. It does. It does also, among other things, function as a bowl. So it, it's really important when you're making this recipe to be very gentle with the stir, to to not mash it up. All right. You see how? Look at this technique. Gently folding it in. Why are you laughing? I'm not. It's, it's, this is the first gentle thing I've ever seen. Do. 
See that? You don't want to break up that luscious lump crab meat. That luscious, luscious pond scum crab meat. I didn't say that. Did you taste it? I never said it's pond scum. You taste it? No. Yes. I tasted it. It doesn't look that bad. I'm going to check for seasoning. But again, you've got to do counterclockwise, and that's the trick to this dish. <laughs> wow. Is there a part of you that says, actually, this recipe is done? Mm. And it doesn't need to be fried into a crab cake? Um, if I added more mayonnaise, you know what it would be? A beautiful crab dip. Cra crab dip, right? Crab dipper. Or a little, a little shelf-stable cream cheese. I feel like we need some butter. Can't do it, buddy. Oh, shit. Can't do it. I just saved you 10 points. All right. Some canola oil. So being a uh, Virginia boy mm -hmm. and an East Coaster generally, like I'm not, I, I did not grow up with crab cakes. Can you talk about the crab cake as a... Yeah, people eat crab cakes in the D.C. area. I'd probably say the world, America. Like, it's like every, people have to get it. They have to get it. But I can tell you from experience, if you go to a crab house and you order crab cakes, <laughs> they're marking you as right. a noob. You've, you've got your head chopped off as a not penitent man. People don't, people that know how to eat crab, they don't get crab cakes. <laughs> they don't want it as a cake. So uh, look, look, it's very important. Look, look at the pressure. I'm just letting the crab itself hold itself together. It, it's, it's like holding a baby's hand, all right? You want to be very gentle with it. It's like holding a baby's hand, sure. Are you of that same school of thought? That, so, okay, basic question then. Crab cake, overrated, underrated? I talk shit about it, but I'll eat it all the time. <laughs> so what is a, uh, what's a good crab cake then? A good crab cake is actually almost all crab. Mm. You want whatever the binder is, it's just got to be barely enough. Mm -hmm. All killer, no filler. Yeah. And I do think it tastes good in butter, but I don't have any ghee here. Otherwise, I would cook it in ghee. Uh, Which is probably the right move. But since uh, Chris sabotaged me. How, how have I sabotaged him? Uh, so this recipe in particular called for blue crab meat. I know we are both big fans of the old blue crab. I love blue crab is the only crab. But does um, people get super pissed about what? About talking shit about Dungeness. <laughs> the best crab in the world is from Australia. Which one is that? The giant Tasmanian? There's like one? seven kinds of crabs. There's spanner crab. There's uh, brown crabs. What's that big, huge orange one that you get in Australia? Yeah, you get down spanner, with that one? They've got spanner, mud. There's another one where it just like picking the shells is a pain in the ass. There's like seven crabs. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's about seven species of crabs that I know of. And all delicious. 
All delicious. Isn't the only reason people like Dungeness because it's it's big and meaty? Like if you could get a blue crab, if you get blue crab meat in the quantity of a Dungeness crab, no one would ever pick Dungeness over blue. People don't like blue because it's too much work. Right. And I just don't, I grew up eating blue crabs. It is a lot of work, but I feel like for me, what I want is the juice. I want the head. I want all those things. And you can have more blue crabs than to one Dungeness. And mm -hmm. Dungeness is great, but it's not the same as mm -hmm. blue crab. So this is a, uh, this is a real Chinese. I, I would say mud crab is the best crab though in the world. For me. Mud crab is the best crab in the world. Mm. Mud crab is very good. I like mud crab the best because it's got the claw. It needs rebranding. It needs a claw. No, I, I keep it called mud. I want to call mud. So, so nobody catches on. Yeah. And I got you. Gatekeep the mud crab. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is a, an indication of probably my people more than your people. But are you... I'm surprised this is working. First of all, is it legal to eat female blue crabs? I, I, my, my family has always preferred female crabs. Mine too. But yeah, we can just say it. White people don't want to eat blue crab. Growing up in D.C., you'd go to the crab house. The only people that would buy female crabs were of Asian descent. Okay. Only. So this is not just a Chinese thing. And the, Your Korean and, family and, was in Everybody else wants to eat uh, the male crabs, and the largest ones in uh, the Chesapeake area were called Jimmy's, right? <laughs> and there's like four different names. I can't remember, but there are things like Jimmy's. I right? feel like the East Coast in, generally, in general, whenever you can't think of a name for something, you just call it a Jimmy. But it really was Jimmy, and um, we rarely ever had them. They're more expensive, but the reason why blue female crabs are more desired is because of the innards, because of the potential row. Mm -hmm. um, which, again, I'm not even sure if eating female crabs is, a, is, is good for environment. I, that's what I'm saying. Because I only ever... But they're really good. Because <laughs> you definitely... Here's, here's why I think you might be right. Or why I've always worried. You can, you can only buy female crabs in an Asian market, so far as I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen female crabs in a Whole Foods. Well, you know, growing up, there was a steakhouse called JR Stockyard in the D.C. area, Tyson's mm -hmm. Corner. And they had this thing, soup, called a she-crab soup. Mm hmm Beautiful. So good. So that is not, that's not, I have to retract. That was a traditional American steakhouse. Sure. People would order she crab soup all the time. So no. But when we would eat crabs, it was always female, female. crabs. And would you guys do, what was your, in our house it was steam a big pile and then it was like gingery soy sauce and a bowl of rice was all we had. What did you guys do? It was just crap. Just the crabs. Just crap. You Unse know, unseasoned. No, Old Bay. Old Bay, your house. I mean, I got a lot of shit for making fun of poking fun, poking at the bear. Um, when we were filming Ugly Delicious, and I, <laughs> rightfully so, I'm sure, I know that a lot of New Orleans chefs were very upset at me <laughs> because I said a crawfish boil you know, or a crab boil is not as good as the Chesapeake Bay Area steamed crab. I'm not here to retract that statement. <laughs> <One day. laughs> 
I'm not here to apologize. I'm not here to apologize if because, you were offended. Because it's true. <laughs> Chesapeake's, just ask David Simon of The Wire. He also knows the truth. He spends a lot of time in New Orleans. Good eater, good, good eater too. Great eater. Crab boils are great. Again, it's very similar. You can't say Salieri is greater than Mozart. Crab boils and crawfish boils are the Salieri to the Chesapeake Bay's Mozart, and it's just got to be taken as fact now. <laughs> that metaphor only works insofar as Mozart was better than Salieri. That's like the extent of that. that I didn't say that. <laughs> Blame Mozart for being awesome. <laughs> no, but like, I joke, crawfish boils, crab boils can be delicious. Especially if there's turkey necks and there's other than potatoes, corn. Mm -hmm. I just think it gets muddled for me. And I love saucy crabs. I love going to uh, hot and spicy or any of these traditional Cajun style crawfish boils or mm -hmm. crab boils. I love it. It's delicious. But for me, I want like crab, crab. Yeah. But in, in Old Bay, not crazy amounts of Old Bay, just enough steamed in beer. Because um, I, I, I just said like you don't, you don't boil like. When do you boil things? Boil meats and lobsters and everything. All this, all the flavor leaves the crab and goes into the 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 boil itself. Right. That's why the boil is crazy flavorful. Right. And I'm not saying it can't be delicious. That I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to say Salieri isn't makes beautiful music. It's, he, he he produced some bangers, but but I and the sauce the, it, that is the the jam. What and you're talking about is in terms of the crab as the featured star. If the crab is your concern, steamed is always going to be better than boiled. No, the specific way that. You know, they do it in the Chesapeake Bay area. All you have to do is watch Wedding Crashers. It's like, you know, blue that's crabs we, and football that's and what beer. We do. Yeah, crab, that's what they do. I think it's crab cakes specifically. Fuck. You're right. right. What a... It is holding together pretty well. This is going to work out. This one. This one's letting me down. Whoever made this is an asshole. <laughs> Motherfucking asshole. I saw in that pan you tried to to, to reform it with the, with smash, the, the smash the smash crafter. <laughs> that's the new that's gonna be the new trend. Uh this recipe has no sauce. And why would you get that tattooed then? I don't know, this is mom's recipe or something. What's the appropriate sauce here? We also just ran out of mayonnaise. I think for crab cake, it's always a tartar, tartar, tartar. Was that another one of those words that you were like, I'm about to pronounce it and I'm not sure where it's coming? Tartar. Tartar sauce. Tartar. But a mayonnaise something or other. Or it's in a sandwich of some sort. Did you save a little mayonnaise from your burger making over there, maybe? I didn't. I don't need it. I don't need it. It's going to be delicious in and of itself. So. The pantry-only application here. I mean, we're going to see what the crab is like, but... I'll, I'll tell you right now. The crab's good. I think this is done. Let me get some... Ooh, those are pretty. Um, Gotta say, it's 
pretty fucking delicious. <laughs> I think you're going to be surprised. Mmm. No, I'm, I'm, this might be more delicious than anything that's made. How much of that has to do with crumbled up chips? If anything. I don't know, but it's delicious. Try it. Yeah. No, try, 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 try here. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to take right, a beauty shot of it. Watch this. Watch. Get a close up of this fucking face. Look at this. What? 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 I know. I know. I'm telling you right now. It's legit delicious. Um. Well, that's exceptional. I know. I know. This is as it's really good. It's it's like creamy. It's, it's like the. I want. We're eating this because it tastes good. Fact. I'm not. This is not for show. It's shockingly good. You would have no idea this is a canned crab. And now it makes me believe that if I get crab in most restaurants, it might come from a can. <laughs> I mean, most likely, right? The, so, the, I mean, to your point, I think, like this, crazy I think this almost disproves what you said a little bit, though. Like, this is a little bready, and it's really, really good with whatever the crumbled chips were. Mm. Is it better than the original recipe? I don't, I mean, I don't want to be a dick to the person who tattooed the recipe on their arm, but like, if you've got a, if, if your other arm doesn't have a tattoo, you might need to put this on there. Mm. That's fucking good. <laughs> like, that's exceptional. Not to say in it, that is like legit delicious. Shocked. Hey, you know, come out, come here. Try this. Right? That's nice. That's pretty good. If you won't pat me on my back, I will just like I I dude, can you believe that? That's the pantry only one? Yeah. Get out of here, OJ. <laughs> Isotoner motherfucker over here. Dude. Ridiculous. Um that's no joke. That's, that's like really seriously good. good. And I have no idea what the fuck I put in there. I don't think you deviated very much. That's legit. Yeah, I deviated quite a bit. You guys want to try? But seasoning wise, like that's really delicious. Actually, I'm like cuttlefish cracker, pretty pretty amazing. I mean. I wish I had my phone and filmed it because I could go viral on TikTok. <laughs> in butter, even better. Huh. That's pretty like really fucking good. I was like I, when you make something and you expect it to be total crap. Yeah. And I should have tasted the crab beforehand because now it's heavily seasoned and flavored. Um, I'm a little bit shocked, but also not shocked. Can can seafood? Yeah. It's actually, the best way to preserve food. 
You didn't. You didn't taste a little. You tasted it when it was raw. I mean, I think I remember when it was before it was cooked. I mean, I think that. Um, I don't know if this is. I don't know if the delicious of that, of that has anything to do with the crab meat, though. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but that doesn't t- to your to your point. That doesn't taste it. Like crab wise, it, it tastes, tastes fresh, like fresh. Crab. I was gonna say, it doesn't taste different from what I would get at a restaurant. Like a, it tastes like a restaurant. It tastes like a really. It's a nine out of ten. It tastes like a really well done crab cake you would get in a restaurant. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna run out to buy canned crab, but that's like for what that is, nine out of ten for sure. That's tasty. All right, How, what do you think uh, of this little experiment that happened today? I think this is very savory. This crab cake. <laughs> it's almost like there's a ton of MSG in it. Wow. <laughs> um, you don't say they put MSG in snacks. <laughs> you don't say things that are delicious have MSG mm. in them. Hmm. I. Um, what do I think about this? I think this is the whole reason we made the studio. We started Majordomo Media. I moved my family down here. You did? I've been commuting. I don't know if you know. I've just been flying private back and forth to Bay Area. I think this is the whole reason for the season, man. Getting to experiment, mess around. I mean, we didn't even get to making the burgers. Um, But, you know, just talking about onions, that to me was the real game breaker to me. Having something to react to is going to be fun. Yeah. I hope people can see it. I hope they can... This is probably really rough for an audio, so apologies. Um, I can hear our Discord community complaining right now. Yeah, but, you know, like, we only we only keep experimenting because we want to make things better. Like, I, people are... We do? I thought this is an art house project. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm happy with it. How do you feel? Um... I'm beginning to see things. I think just I'm trying to figure out what was, listen, let me back up. We're still trying to get the cameras. We're still trying to get the soundproofing. We still need to get organized. I'm also getting really irritated that equipment gets moved from here to the back kitchen and vice versa. I'm pretty certain that I'm 30 to 40% to blame for that myself. Um, I mean, yeah, but you know, like part of my brain is trying to figure out how we're going to do this, the show, like the main show that we're going to do from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's effectively a restaurant that's never a restaurant, right? Um, and you, people at work have seen me really, I think, struggle with the concept of it and what we're going to do with it. Um, and I think for right now, we're back in a good place, but... That's the problem. It's, it's going to change tomorrow. This feeling is no different than opening up a restaurant to me to some degree, except that I know that I can control it way more than a restaurant. I don't have the staff per se, but the feeling of a dish, like I was talking to uh, Mario Carbone about uh, Rich before they opened up Teresi, and that was a long opening for that to happen. And it was just like, if you have too much time, you're going to think about it too much and you're going to waffle. You're going to be like, oh, that sucks. That's great. That sucks. That's great. That sucks. That's great. And I could really relate to what, you know, what Rich was probably going through. Um, and I know that feeling is with like anybody that's o- opening a restaurant. It's like, oh, I can't believe we're doing it. 
One day you feel like you're on top of the world. The next day you're like, oh man, like this food sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we put this out there. And the next day you're like, oh, that was great. It's a real addiction and it's a real roller coaster ride of emotions before you actually launch something. And this is a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around because it's not a restaurant at all. It's TV, but it's not like TV that's been shot to my knowledge. And I really want to make sure that we do it right and we, we're executing at a high level. But I also understand that we need time. We need time to fuck up. I, the, the fuck ups are gonna be public. Um, we need a long runway. You know, we, we, we just saw someone that worked for Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy needed like five to seven years. Mm. Not that we're Jimmy. He's one of the, you know. No, but the point is, even Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Even, you know, a lot of people need time. And I think in general, this is sort of like a, you know, a parable almost, right? Especially in the restaurant industry, we're not giving people the time to develop, the time to make mistakes, the time to figure out if someone like a, a Jokic is right. the right person to develop around. And that's all I want, right? And in, including so, some of the people we're working to partner with this that might be our sponsor. LG has been an amazing sponsor of ours simply because they are giving us the long, long leash to fuck up. Right. That's the only thing I can promise is we're going to make a lot of mistakes but we're going to try to pick up those pieces and to iterate it every day. And if we are given enough time to fuck up, we're going to figure out how to do it right. Yeah. So I think today was sort of the first day and we wanted it to be very open. I think thank you to Ira and to Gabby and to, you know, uh, and to Chris Chen. Chris Chen really did a lot. Um, I'm trying my best not to give a shout out to Yang's younger brother. I don't know why. <laughs> no, like he did an amazing job. And and of course, Noel, the reason if you haven't heard of Noel or seen Noel in quite some time, it's because she's extremely, extremely yeah, she's up to her eyes and doing stuff, doing making stuff. this happen. Yeah. And speak of the devil, Chris Chen just walked in. We're just giving you a shout out, Chris Chen. Yeah, he's wearing some raver glasses. Yeah. He's, got, so he's, got he's a, just coming down off a long night of Molly. He's got a pacifier in. What's going on over there, Chen? Those light sticks? Um, no, man, I, I'm I'm super excited about this. I think that the opportunity to fuck up is what we wanted, right? Like, we've made a decent amount of TV now. It's always crazy to, like, to go from, here's an idea on paper, and we're going to do it the first time, and it's got to work. Like that's a huge, that's hugely difficult. And it's why a lot of stuff you see has to abide by certain rules. Cause like there's a lot of money at play, a lot of people's, you know, reputations on the line and they need success out the gate. And you're going to see things. And I, I think this is what's exciting. It, thank you for those that have stuck with us all, all these years and all the episodes we've done, a variety of content, but you're going to start to see things change, become more professional, better quality, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, it's a hot mess of shit, and it's, it's, it's exciting because it's completely unknown. We don't, you know, I always joke when you open up some endeavor, it doesn't have to be a restaurant, that what you want to do is like if you could press a fast forward button, hmm. six months, a year, six years, whatever, you would to some degree because like you can get to that point where you know you're going to get to. As long as you don't quit, 
you can get there. As long as you have enough financial resources to get there and you're blessed enough to be that, you're, you're gonna, you have to trust. You're not going to get there. You have to trust that you're gonna get there. And I think right now, I can't wait for things to evolve and to grow and more mistakes to be made. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful and we're excited about what's coming forward and the audio will get better. We don't need people to say, oh, the audio sucks. We know the audio sucks. We know it's echoey here. You know why? There's not soundproofing in here. No. <laughs> we basically moved into our house before the contractors were like, well, what are you guys doing in here? Yeah. Um, we don't have all the equipment. We don't even have really anything in the fridge. We had to borrow butter from Chris Bianco today. But listen, if you're with us from the journey, you're going to see it all happen, though, too. Like yeah. People who are, who are like down to follow us from and give us a little leeway to mess up. Hopefully, when you have we hit that fast forward button in six years time, they're going to be remember. And you know, when. a lot of this is going to be taped live, published live, and then we're going to edit it and we're going to break it down into smaller pieces. So, you know, it's all going to be out there for everyone to see. Yep. So this is day one. Um, yeah, thank you. Much more to come. Give us five stars. Don't don't forget that. Don't skip on the stars. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.